Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. As always, if you don't know by now, you better ask somebody. It's your boy, DJ Billy A. And across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your mic and tell them who you am, my friend. Uh-oh. You're going to show off a little bit, little huh? bit. You're going to start flexing a bit, huh? Stunting. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Savage O'Malley, a.k.a. Scotty Frisco. A.K.A. Mikey Gagas. Ah, how you doing, huh? Man, not too bad, not too bad. What's going on, Bill? How we doing? Uh, you know what, man? Other than being a little bit tired, I'm doing pretty good, man. But I'm happy. A to little be bit here. of tired? I think I'll, maybe a lot tired. A lot tired, man. Okay, okay. It's been a long week, and I'm very happy that it's Saturday. I am very happy to be here, doing what I love. With uh, with my good homeboy, my main man, fifty grand, who goes way back like a haystack on a train track. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no. Why would there be a haystack on a train track? That is no, that made zero sense. But it rhymed, man. So I just went with it. Uh, anyways, man, yeah, very happy to be here. Little bit exhausted. Rapper's but, uh, discretion. Yeah, there you go. Rapper's discretion. That's right, man. Way back on a train track with a haystack. In a Maybach, um, from way back. I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyway, but yeah, man. Glad to be here. Ready to do this. Stoked to dig in. Last week's episode, we went to the movies. This week's episode, we dig into the music, which, as you know, is is uh, as much as I love movies, the music is what I'm all about. It's where I'm at. It's where I live. It's my wheelhouse. So uh, yeah, man. I'm excited for this one. How you doing? Oh, Bill, 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 this whole world, you know what I mean? Uh, we have multiple things that we've kind of got uh, pieces of the pie, you know what I mean? We've got our hand, right. different, uh, different. what is it, irons and different fires? we got we've, several irons in the fire, yeah. Several irons in the fire, uh, you know. Uh, work is uh, work is going well. Uh, this may blow you away uh, at the uh, this release right now. This release, uh-huh. March 28th. Yes. Which means I'm over 10 months into my new job. Nice. Which is Congratulations. crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, April is going to be nasty. Yeah. I've got an insane month with a ton of stuff. 
Uh, I'll keep you know, let you know how it goes. Okay, perfect. Uh, let you know if you uh, by if, if in a couple episodes you start hearing me asking for donations to my OnlyFans, then uh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll cook food and be on my OnlyPans. There you go, OnlyPans. I like it. Hey, I'm, you know I'm about the food, so I'm up for that page. I'll yeah. check that out. Maybe I'll go to Hawaii and I'll do an Only Spam. Oh man, what is it with Hawaii and spam? Why do they love spam so much? Is that like a real thing? Like, oh yeah, they have spam at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I've been to been to Hawaii once. I didn't go into a McDonald's though, but I have heard that they have spam everywhere and that they love it. Uh, and it, it was something I can remember it as a kid, like being like, that was like the, the I, I don't even know. Is it ham? Is it, what, what is it? Like, I, I don't even know what spam is. I just know as a kid, I didn't want it. Didn't like it. Meat in a can is not going to be getting me revved up or excited. I didn't, I didn't even really like bologna that much as a kid. My parents used to make me bologna sandwiches all the time. So don't, don't crack open a can and cut me a chunk of meat out from a can, man. I'm not, I'm not down with that, but uh, yeah, I've heard that about Hawaii that like spam is a big thing out there. Like I, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll pass on that. You're going to pass on the spam. I'm passing on the spam. No, thank you. I, I, I remember eating it as a uh, kid. Spam is a brand of canned cooked pork made by Hormel Foods Corporation. It was introduced by Hormel in 1937 and gained popularity worldwide after use in World War II. In 2003, Spam was sold in 41 countries on six continents and trademarked in over 100 countries. Spam's basic ingredients are primarily pork shoulder and ham with salt, water, modified potato starch, sugar, and sodium nitrate as preservative. Natural gelatin is formed during cooking in its tins in its production line. Many have raised concerns over Spam's nutritional attributes in large part due to its high content of fat, sodium, and preservatives. It has become the subject of a n- number of appearances in pop culture notably monty python sketch which repeatedly named the time leading to its name being borrowed for unsolicited electronic messages especially email yeah that's right you're getting spammed the monty python sketch where they go into a restaurant that serves nothing but spam and uh you know it's a husband and wife and it's a man playing the wife and she goes, I don't like Spam. I didn't want to eat here. And he goes, oh, George, it's one of my favorite places. You know, we're going to eat it. She goes, I'll take the Spam eggs, toast, and Spam. But can you leave out the Spam, please? And everything on the menu is like sausage, Spam eggs, sausage, Spam omelet, Spam, 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 and Spam. But can you just hold the Spam? And they're like, oh, so you want, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And that that dry British humor, I just fucking love that, man. So, yeah, if there's anything I love about Spam, it's that Monty Python sketch, and that's about it. Man. But I haven't eaten it since I was a kid, but I don't remember digging Stupid, it then. Stupid, pathetic, annoying messages. Spam. Okay. Never knew. I just figured Spam. It's just Spam. I never thought there was an acronym there. See? You learn something when you listen to the 209 Till Infinity podcast, kids. Spam is an acronym for what? Stupid? Uh, Stupid, pathetic, annoying messages. Ah, yeah, I get a lot of those in my email. Since I became a real estate agent, man, I get people blasting me, hitting me up for stuff all the time. Oh, you're getting broed up? I'm getting broed up. Dude, you become a real estate agent and all of a sudden mortgage lenders somehow get your email. Uh, Who else is hitting me up? Uh, people who paint houses and flip houses are hitting me up on a regular basis, trying to get me to find them properties or sell them properties or buy properties. Uh, man, I just get, I get real. I get pe- people wanting me to use their internet services so they can advertise for me constantly, man. My spam has gone up a bazillion percent since becoming a real estate agent. Basically, you're a wanted man. I guess. You're not a man. People want my money. But here's the newsflash. I have none. So (laughs) you're wasting your time with the spam, but good luck with that. So you said music is your meat and potatoes. Yes, sir. My spam and potatoes. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Making me hungry. Yeah, I am. It is good. We're pushing towards lunchtime. Yeah, I am getting hungry, too. So there's a couple music things we wanted to address and talk about. Yes. Uh, Why don't we start with uh, the... The big one, you know, we talked about the Snoop Dogg album. We did re- review uh, Back on Death Row, the the very first release from uh, since Snoop Dogg has taken over Death Row Records mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a CEO. And uh, so the first release, fittingly enough, would be his own album. And you and I both agreed that the album is phenomenal, top to bottom. Uh not a lot of filler, not a lot of throwaway tracks, no intros, no outros, no interludes, just an amazing album. And uh, so, and I've been, since that review, I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop. It's been in very heavy rotation. So it got me thinking, 
Is it a classic? Is it a classic album? Can we put Back on Death Row at the same level as Doggy Style or The Chronic or The Chronic 2001 or uh, AT Aliens by Outkast or whatever album you consider a classic uh, in hip hop? Beastie Boys, License to Ill, Run DMC, Raising Hell. There are those iconic classic hip-hop albums that will just go into the pantheon and be there forever and you know they're always going to be somebody that stumbles across this album and listens to it is that album is back on death row on that level if you think it is why if not why what makes a classic Uh is it radio play is it sales is it just your own personal opinion that you know what what you're feeling for it or is it all of the above i'd probably lean towards all the above because i really thought about it here's the thing i thought about every album that i could think of that i consider a classic like the first ones that jumped to my mind were the chronic of course doggy style jumped to my mind because it's we're, we're talking about snoop dogg so those are the first two that jumped but then nas illmatic jumped to my mind um enter the wu-tang the 36 chambers jumped into my mind uh, AT Aliens, which I mentioned from that's my favorite Outcast album, jumped into my mind. Um, Midnight Marauders by a tribe called Quest came to mind. I, I said Raising Hell, Run DMC. I said License to Ill, The Beastie Boys, uh, The Marshall Mathers LP. I started thinking, well, all these albums that I consider classics came from my formative years, my younger years, where I was really cutting my teeth on music and really going out and buying music and driving to the record store and going to concerts. So does, and all those albums I mentioned got mad radio airplay. They were smash hits, platinum records, tons of airplay on the radio. So I started thinking, does it take, does the record have to be a hit? Does it have to have an impact felt everywhere for it to be a classic? And I I thought, you know, I don't know. Because then that, so... Because the stuff that we listen to now, like, all right, Back on Death Row, perfect example, great album. It's not getting any radio play. It's not going to get airplay. Maybe late at night, a mixtape DJ, somebody that's mixing, throwing on stuff. Maybe when Snoop does an interview on Sirius XM or something, they play a track. But there's not going to be a hit off this album that the radio stations are pumping in heavy rotation, that the kids are all listening to. Snoop's beyond that now. He's just an icon. He doesn't need that anymore. We're all going to bump it and play it, but can it be a classic without that? What do you think? Well, I I think that your question is, is it a classic? Right. Right. Yeah. And and in all fairness, yeah, it hasn't been here long enough for me to answer that. Okay, so time. I think that because I think the time, like how many times have we listened to to albums and, and... been like oh man this is amazing i can't stop listening to this yeah and then six months down the road i forgot about it you don't go back to it as much anymore you know yeah. what i mean absolutely like we, like yeah. we talk about like all of these artists and all these things right like like you and me have kind of gone back and forth about eminem like right, you yeah. like a lot of the things that he's doing right now yeah uh i feel like he's boring and for me the biggest problem i have with eminem and we talk about this with his albums is we listen to it for a month and then I don't go back. Right. I go back to his old stuff still. Sure. But not the new stuff. Right, right. And, and so I, I think back and like one of the when I when I went back and I listened when, when you asked me this question, what I did was uh I went back to Spotify. Uh-huh. And I looked at my songs of twenty twenty one and right. my songs of twenty twenty. Right. Right. Because those are the songs that I was like, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was so many songs that I thought were amazing. Yes. That I don't listen to anymore. I right. forgot about. They don't come up in my rotation. Right. You know what I mean? Because we talk about we got inundated with so many so much music during that time. Like when yeah. the world kind of stopped, the music didn't. Right. Um, but when there's so much stuff, I think that it's hard to balance what is going to have long-term potential right and what is what's hot now what am i listening to what are you doing for me now right you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and so i I think that for me it's a combination of two things it's 
can I listen to the majority of the album without skipping? Right. And where am I at on this album in a year? Where am I at on this album in five years? Right. Like, to me, that's what it is. Okay. So for me, obviously, all the old stuff we talk about, like... Under 36 Chambers, The Chronic, Doggy Style, Chronic 2001, you know, some yeah. shady LP, all of that kind of stuff, right? We already talk, we already know those are classics because 20 plus years later, we go back to those all We're the time. We're still talking about them. We're still talking yeah, about Yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. And so you asked me, I think you said the last 10 years? Yeah, do you think there's been a classic in the last 10 years? Yes, for me, yes. Yeah. And that's Love Story. Yeah, that's Love Story is yeah. one that I always go back to. Yeah. I listen to a lot. One of It's got one of my top three songs of all time on there mm-hmm. for me right now. Um, so Love Story by Yellow Wolf is probably the only classic that I can remember the last 10 years. Yeah, and I have that same... Uh, that was my same choice too is love story is an album that i go back to you and i when we reviewed mudmouth talked about mudmouth might be better than love story and so i went back and revisited love story and it's it's not now now that i've had time to sit with my mudmouth is a great album don't get me wrong i really like mudmouth it's a very very good solid strong project but after going back and revisiting love story uh the music the hooks, the singing, the the rapping, the content, everything on that album is just to perfection, front to back, start to finish. There's not a bad track on that album. And I and I'm in full agreement with you that that is a classic from the last 10 years. If I had to choose, uh, there was a couple more that sprung into my mind. The first Prime album, I still go back to. Uh, love Royce the 5'9". That's, I love when he's in his bag on that album. And I love DJ Premier. I love everything they did on that album. And it's really short. So you don't get a chance to hate it because every track's good. Front to back, features, everything. I love that album. Um, I, I put that one in there as one for me because I still go back to it. I own it on vinyl. Uh, and, and to bring up Royce again, um, he hasn't done much lately that I've really liked. But uh, I would put The Book of Ryan. I still go back to The Book of Ryan. Um, I love the content on that album. I love the fact that he dove deep into his own personal life and he brought things to the forefront and to the light that that he, he has never been able to until he got sober. Then his memory jogged. And that album is just so full of stuff about his father and stuff about his alcoholism and drug addiction. And he's very creative on that album and the beats are very good. I would put that, I still go back to that strong friend I mean, there's just so many amazing tracks on the book of Ryan. I have that vinyl as well. Um, I love that album. So, so for me, and this is the difference. And, and I think that this is, and I told you, I, we were talking, I had really been thinking about how not just you and me, but we, as people, right. how we take yeah. things, how we differ, how we, uh, you know, what we like, what we, who yeah. we are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> and I think that for me, a big difference between you and me or me and somebody else, right? Like it just, we're obviously all different, right? But like, I really like the music component of it. Yeah. Right? Like Book of Ryan's a perfect example. That's a great album, mm-hmm. right? But if you're not in the mood to pay attention and listen, yeah, th- then that's not the album. Okay. Right? Yeah, For yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I you know you. what I mean? Like, if you want to just be in the car and zone out and just kind of maybe a little bit of lyrics, but mostly beat, mostly music, mostly, right? Book of Ryan ain't it. Got it's you. a great album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. But, like, the, to me, it's like, like, that's the difference for me is, like, when I talk about the go back feature, right? Like, and obviously the, the old classics don't count t- to this because... Those have literally just been like, what did they used to call that? Like back in the day when like they would just like strap you down in a chair and force feed you shit. Yeah. Was it mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know I, I, mean? I don't know what they call it. But that's yeah. what that's yeah. what those are ingrained in our brain. Yeah, yeah. We're never getting rid of doggy style. We're never getting. No, they're of in, not. they're in there, right? We remember those lyrics, but we don't know how to do fucking algebra. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. You're absolutely First, right. First, outside, inside, last. That's all. I'm foiled. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I definitely think there's something to be said for uh, 
you're talking about time needs to pass because I think that with music, it, you equate that to memories. So I can tell you exactly where I was when I bought the Chronic 2001. I can tell you where I was the first time I heard nothing but a G thing. I can tell you where I was doing the first time I popped in the Doggy Style album and and was blown away by gin and juice. You know, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly what was happening in my life when I went to ran to Kmart and Martell and bought AT Aliens on CD. You know, it's Atlians uh, by Outcast. So I think time passing definitely has a big part to do with that. Your memories and where you equate, like, Doggy Style is a classic, but I can remember getting leaving Kasumnas River College and running up to Tower Records and buying it, and being so excited to tear the plastic off and throw it in my car. It's tougher to get memories like that from music anymore, because you're not driving to the record store. There's not as much anticipation for an album to drop. Uh, because of the way music is released in the single heavy era and the streaming era. Like when Snoop started talking about BODR and, you know, it was a couple weeks prior, he was dropping hints and dropping, you know, kind of little tidbits here and there, letting you know something was coming. And then it just dropped and we got it. Like, whereas back in our day, man, to sound like the old guy, well, back in our day, boy, when I was your age. Yeah, you know, we would get a single like Snoop dropped What's My Name was the first single off that album snoop doggy dog the bomb that was the first single and that got us excited and got us yo when is it checking for the date when does it drop when do i gotta be at the record store and uh prior to that we'd heard him on nothing but a g thing and and uh deep cover so we were excited for this album like couldn't wait for this album and uh, and then you get it and it delivers and we weren't in an era where you could stream and where music was beating you over the head. A new release every single day, constantly, constantly, constantly. So you sat with those albums. You lived with those albums. You just dropped $20. Even if you didn't like it, you're going to listen to it for a week, praying you start to like it because you dropped 20 bones on it. So I definitely think time passing is a part of it. I think your memories are a part of it. And be, having hits on the radio, I think, definitely plays for the classics because there was that anticipation. If you liked the single, like when the first single for the Marshall Mathers LP dropped with uh, Please Stand Up, Please Stand Up. Oh, my God. I couldn't I like they, that song blew my mind. I couldn't wait to rush to the record store and get it. And it was sold out. I went to four or five record stores before I found a copy, a physical copy of the Marshall Mathers LP and could tear it open and put it in my deck. You don't get those elements anymore. It's just, here you go. Here it is. Enjoy. Or you get track, 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 track. That's all of them now. I'm going to put them all here. You can listen to them. Enjoy. So I think it's a little bit harder in this day and age to make a classic. Even the Yellow Wolf uh, love story was 2014. That was before I, I wasn't Spotifying yet. So I still, I saw a music video. He put a video out for, uh, I forget what the first single was off of that. And I got excited from the video and pre-ordered the CD on Amazon and got a physical copy in the mail and then loved the album and reached out to you and was like, yo, man, this album's amazing. Check it out. Um, so there was still, from the video I saw on YouTube, created the anticipation for the album. And then I got the album and loved it and fell in love with it and still listen to it to this day. You're just not getting as much of that anymore. And I definitely think that plays a part in not having as many classics anymore. You don't get time to sit with it. You don't get build up or anticipation. And then before you know it, you've got it, but there's 10 other things that have dropped. So it's harder. And, and, and it's harder these days. So that that's the two that's the heart that's the things to me is that a it's too much stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I realize these guys are now working independently. They get their own money. They make they produce their own yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It comes out on their own. They're not waiting on labels. I get all of that stuff. Right? And short attention spans. It's the right. it's the market. People don't want to wait for a whole I would prefer you give me just give me the whole album like Snoop did with BODR. I don't want single after single. But that's Snoop's on a different level than most of the artists we listen right. to. The other artists like Locksmith can't afford to do that. They've got to stay on your top of mind and keep giving you a song every month so you don't forget about them. Basically. And I get that. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. But then when the album comes out, 
the excitement levels. Here. I don't care. Yeah, I get it. I totally it's, understand. We talked about this with Locksmith. We talked about it with Webby. We talked about it with yeah. all of these guys that are doing the release, 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 right. release, release, release. Okay, here's the album with three tracks, right? That you haven't heard or yeah. one. With Lock, it was one. Right. And he's getting ready to lock drop the Lock Sessions Volume 2 where he's been giving us track after track after track and now they're going to all be in an album. But I feel like he's given us less tracks so I'm hopeful that there's going to be more new songs that we haven't heard, but I don't know. That drops this month. All right. But Webby does it. Locksmith does it now. That's pretty much... Tech does it. Tech. It's the way Strange of the world. Strange music in general does it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the days of, here's a single. Uh, I hope you like it. And then the album's coming in a month are and, over. And, and, and like we talked about this when we talked about Ghetto Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two releases from that yeah. are great songs. Yes. But I just heard so much of them because we didn't get anything for six months that i just played it into the ground right that now when i listen to ghetto cowboy i don't even listen to those i don't even listen to track one and two no i don't ever go back to them and they're great songs but i just ran them into the ground so much because that's all we had right that i don't go back no absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah i get that totally it's the same thing with uh uh and, and so in, in answer to your question yeah that very well may be a contributing factor as to what ends up being a classic. Yeah. Right? Because that Ghetto Cowboy is a fantastic album in Yellow Wolf's four album, you know, where we talked about he's got four amazing albums in, yes. a, in, a, in a time frame, right? But on that album, there's two tracks I don't even listen to. Yeah. Because I ran them into the ground. There's no tracks. Anything that I run into the ground on BODR yeah. is because I ran out ran it into the ground because it was on BODR. Got you. Not yeah. because like I'm no BODRs out now I'm not listening to it. Yeah. So, I think you're right though. I think I think let's revisit this uh in a year. Or even at the end of this year when we do our top albums if BODR doesn't make either of our top 5 albums of the year then it's probably not a classic. And if it is in our top 5 albums of the year then maybe we revisit and say, "What do you think? Are we there yet?" Because I I will say this about BODR if Snoop was going to have a classic album since Doggy Style, he's had some really, really good albums. This one has a shot. It is, it's really strong. Uh, from the production, to the lyricism, to the, the choruses, to the, the, the length of the album. It's, it's not too long, but it's not too short. I, I, the content, I love everything about this album. I think if Snoop was going to make a classic in 2022 this has got a shot like i have constantly i've so far I, I go back to it i'm not tired of it um i know it's only been it came out what when did it drop february so i mean it hasn't been out that long yet but let me just drop a little bit of uh info or a little bit of a, a review uh-huh a, a couple words of uh wisdom from show contributor mariposa mahler okay regarding bodr okay i love it I didn't even know there was an album until I heard the podcast, so I'm playing catch up. So far, the intro track is fire. Funky as fuck, and I love it. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. As I listen to the new Snoop record, a few things come to mind. The first is that this album reminds me of just a solid house party music. You could definitely toss this record on and just have an old school funky house party and not have to skip any tracks at all. Agreed. In fact, the album itself reminds me of the movie House Party. This jam just feel good jams and exactly what we need as we come out of the COVID slump. Yeah, I agree with I that. I said it's a phenomenal record in my opinion. It makes me want to get the fellas over, put that on, have some beers and throw the bags. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely one you could put on at the barbecue, put on at the party. Um, what I love about it is it's, I feel like Snoop found this balance. Like he's back home at death row. He, he's, he's back where it all started. It's the perfect blend. This album is the perfect blend of who he is now and who he was. You've still, you still get that raw gangster long beach snoop doggy dog that it's just like yo fuck a bitch i don't care come at me i dare you i don't i don't recommend you test me because i'm from the streets but then you also get the introspective father grown man husband businessman snoop and he's finally found a way i feel like to blend both of those worlds together perfectly that's not easy to do 
Everybody grows up, everybody gets older, everybody matures. And sometimes the new mature person, it doesn't work in the music. It's hard to make that work in music. And he has definitely found a way to do that on this album. Uh, it, with songs like Sandwich Bag and with songs like, uh, you, you know, Doggy Stylin' and with songs like Jerseys in the Rafters. It's, it's definitely got classic potential, I will say for sure. And I think that you and I definitely need to come back to this in a year and see where we're at, you know, or at the end of the year and just see how we're still feeling about it. It'd be an interesting conversation. Final note. Yeah. Just incredible vibes, comma, I like how it's got an old vibe, but doesn't feel old, yes. if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. 1990 now. Redman says it best. I want all my music to sound like 1990 now. All the producers on BODR deserve a lot of credit because these are all producers who've been producing forever. Fred Rec, Battle Cat, High Tech. These guys have been putting in work for a long time, but they've managed... Uh, who, who's the other one? Hit Boy. I've managed to give Snoop a current sound, but not too current to where it turns me off. Because there's nothing more than I hate when an artist I love all of a sudden comes in with a trap beat and an auto-tune hook. And there's one song on this album where they got some young cat doing an auto-tune hook, and that's Daddy. But that beat, Snoop's hook, and Snoop's verse are so good, so good, that I go... I'm going to give that auto-tune guy a pass. He gets him out. It works. They made it work. They towed the line. There's a line. You could fall to one side or the other, and he does it on that album. So, yeah, I agree with you. I can't call it a classic yet, but it's got a damn good chance. It's got a real, real good chance. When we talk about classics, mm-hmm. or uh, and there and there is the... There's two caveats to that. It's the classic to the world. Yes. And classic to me. Right. And right? that's the other thing. Some right? People may shit on an album that I think is a classic. Right. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. just, you know, like, you really, really like Mudmouth. Yes. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I love that album. It's top tier for me it is to the point really i popped good. out 60 bucks for the fucking vinyl you did probably closer to 70 with shipping and tax huh why well, gotta be a dick why well, gotta be a fucking dick because huh? i'm guy. like because i looked at the 60 and i went i want that album on vinyl too just as much as you did man but i couldn't i'm like man 70 dollars when you what you tack on shipping yeah but it's so tax. party Oh, it's beautiful, man. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to pump it on tonight. You should absolutely do that. No, I... Um, I'm going to get drunk, listen to my vinyls. It's absolutely... Get my 1970 on. It's absolutely going to come down to your personal choice. I'm sure I listed some albums that I said were classics that you... you know, Maybe Midnight Marauders by uh, Tribe Called Quest isn't a classic to you. And it is going to come down to personal. There's a lot of people who would say... AT Aliens is not Outcast classic. What are you talking about? It's Southern playlistic Cadillac music. That got five mics in the source, right? I mean, it just depends who you're talking to. And then it's it it is gonna come down to time, memory, personal preference. There's so many things that come into play. Uh did it was it a hit? Did it sell? Did it get radio play? All those things will come into play. Uh, but as we get older, some of those things are not going to be in play. Like radio play anymore is not going to be a thing for me. Like most people that are getting played on the radio now are not making classics. You know, my son would probably say, yo, man, that uh, that new Tyga album is a classic or that Kodak Black is a classic. And I'm probably listening to rappers that my son doesn't even listen to. I have no idea. But there, there are rappers now with songs on the radio that may be getting thrown into that classic conversation that will never, never... <laughs> be even considered by me but yeah you're absolutely right i i like Mudmouth, and I, I i'm sure you like it more I, I think actually if you want to get into an honest talk i think you've eclipsed me in your fandom of yellow wolf i think my fandom of yellow wolf has waned a bit in the last two three years i think yours has gotten stronger i think you're more of a fan now because I, I felt like i kind of turned you on i was like yo love story man check it out check it out check it out you gotta hear this and I think you've surpassed me. I think you're more... I'm sitting here looking at a Slamerican jacket right now. I think you have definitely probably eclipsed me in your in your fandom of Yellow Wolf. Like you said, 
one of the last episodes we did, you said it was Yellow Wolf and Tech Nine were your two guys. Right now, I, I don't know if I'd say even Yellow Wolf is in. He, he might be in my top five guys right now, but I'd have to stop and think who those guys are at the moment. I've been bouncing around a lot lately, but yeah, I think you've definitely eclipsed me in your fandom of Yellow Wolf. Um, I've been a little more put off by him because that barrage of projects that he gave us, like in, was it last, was it that three or four months ago when he hit us over the head with like a project every week? <clears throat> I wasn't super impressed. Even the one with DJ Muggs. Let me just, let me just tell you this real quick. Yeah. Your... F- freaking sense of time yeah <laughs> it was last april last april that we yeah oh shit that he dropped that he hit us yeah. over the head with all those projects. it was an album every week remember yeah yeah yo i remember i didn't care i'm not talking about name. the project but just yeah, that yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like three or four months ago and it was a year ago yeah that's insane <laughs> that's crazy that's how that's how the that's these been these last couple of years that's how it's gone but yeah so i think he lost me a bit like I get that we're in this era where you flood flood the market with music, but I just didn't care for much of it. I liked in that flood. I really I felt the only amazing thing we got out of it was Mudmouth, and I wasn't even the DJ Muggs project, which I said I liked. I haven't gone back to that. I don't listen to it. So, and then the big buildup, which we're going to talk about next, the big rock and roll project that was supposed to come out, we finally got. We're going to review that. It's called Sometimes Why. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, let's dig into that. Why don't we talk about that before I say anything else? Go ahead. So, yeah. We already started. Okay, so Yellow Wolf gave us, was it five projects last April? Oh, Including Mudmouth? Um, it might have been five. Uh, we had the Mudmouth. We had... Caskey. The, the Caskey. We had... The, the Riff Raff Project. The Riff Raff Project. The DJ The Caskey Paul. one was like before the Barrage, though. Caskey was first. Because it was like... February. Yeah, so it was Caskey, DJ Paul, Riff Raff, Mudmouth. Let me tell you, sir. Let me yeah, just break it I down. Just break for it you. down for me. Uh here's what we're talking about. We had so the Yellow Wolf uh Caskey album came out February. Okay. Fantastic job, Scott. Yes. Then you had the uh Turquoise Tornado, the Yellow Wolf. Uh, Riff, Riff Raff, Raff. and right. the Slamafia DJ, uh, the one with DJ Paul, the DJ right. Paul album, and then Mile Zero, then Mudmouth. So, four albums in April 2021. With Mudmouth was five, right? No, well, cast five if Cast was Cassidy. February. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty, that was right at the end of February, though, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah I'd say he gave us five projects. Of those five projects, I've only gone back to Mudmouth. So, and then the big announcement was after Mudmouth, we were getting this rock and roll album. Well, he kind of talked about it, and we talked about it when we watched the Crackle thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had this in the works, he had this in the works, he had yeah, a bunch yeah. of things, and one thing he was talking about was the Rock album. Right, so he then, now, we, we finally got in the Rock album, it's called Sometimes Why. I don't know if there's a story behind that name, but it's called Sometimes Why, and it, it turns out that he's working with uh, Shooter Jennings, uh, son, I think it's son or grandson of Waylon Jennings, I forget. I think he's the son of Waylon Jennings. So I was anticipating. No, I think it's grandson. Okay, so this is Shooter, right? It's Shooter Jennings because Struggle is also somehow related to them as well. Uh, so my take on this album was when, when, especially, yeah. I'd like to apologize. He is the son, right? Waylon Albright, Shooter Jennings. Okay. The only son of country music singers Waylon Jennings and Jesse Coulter. Okay. And so, yeah. So, he's the Apologies. son. Apologies. No worries. Struggle is either the grandson or great-grandson. Are you talking about Snuggle? Snuggle Jennings. Yes. That's not, uh, Mr. Struggle Jennings. You're Snuggle. Bro. Snuggle Jennings is not related to, sh- to Waylon Jennings. No. Struggle is, is though. Yes. Uh, uh, so- Struggle Jennings is the... Uh, he is the grandson of instrumental rock guitarist Dwayne Eddy and Jesse Coulter. Ah, so, so the step grandson of Waylon Jennings and nephew you. of Shooter. Jennings. Okay, so uh, there you have it. Okay, perfect. So any more Jennings you want to no, know about? No, I'm good now. So when he announced, well, here's the thing: Yellow Wolf is already gritty, country, southern. Then when he announced he's working with Shooter. My mind immediately went to the right. All right, this is going to be a gritty southern rock album. 
that was what I had envisioned. We're going to get a down and dirty, gritty, outlaw, rebel, country rock, southern rock album. And that's not what this album is. Not at all. Other than playing guitar, I don't know what Shooter doesn't sing at all. I anticipated that he was going to be singing with Yellow Wolf. He doesn't do any singing. The only thing I can figure is that he's playing guitar. Um, and for me to call this album a rock album, it doesn't rock hard enough for me. It is it is very polished. It is very poppy. Uh, and other than the very first song and the very last song where they finally do rock out and really rock, everything in between is ballady, poppy, and very polished and not at all what I expected. This album was a... Uh, and I, and I feel like it was really poorly mastered. His vocals, whoever handled his vocals, the mastering and mixing of his vocals did not do a good job. They should have gone back and listened to Mudmouth and Love Story and been like, that's how you need to master these vocals because Yellow Wolf sounds off with the music on a lot of the tracks. So, yeah, I wasn't feeling this project at all. To call this a rock album, it does not rock hard enough for me and it's not gritty enough for me. It's it's very poppy and polished and a little too pretty and ballady for me. Um, I've listened to it three times front to back, hoping I really wanted to like it. Um, and there's definitely elements and things that I appreciate about it. Um, but as a whole, this is now that we've reviewed it. This is not an album I'll return to. It's just there's not enough replayability here. Not not for me. What'd you think? Uh, I'm a fan. Okay. Uh, I like uh, there's 10 tracks um, my favorite thing about this album is it kind of encompasses a little bit of all of the and, and I guess it depends on your definition of rock but for me everything that has a guitar is some type of rock to me okay um, from our from our youth. So there is definitely a couple songs that go kind of rock hard. Yeah, the first. Sometimes and the last. Y and Moonshiner's Run, yeah, yep. which are good tracks. I love yes. both of those tracks. Those are my two favorites. Um, there's also there's a song on here that gives me a real Cars feel. There's a song on here that gives me yep. like you know, and, and it just kind of like if you're looking for a, like if you wanted this to be ten tracks of rock rock, you're not gonna like it. But if you like, there's like different tracks like and then there's and, and and just like anything else with music it's what you relate to what hits you sure you know what i mean sure and so like there's a track on here called fucked up day which is just amazing to me because i've had a lot of those lately yeah i hear you so like yeah, the track it's slow it's a ballad but yeah. it's like deep like we've all had that fucked up day sure like and so uh there's probably two or two tracks on here that I don't that when I'm rolling and I'm down the like last night I listened to it on the way to softball and home and there's only one track that I kind of just skip over it's not my favorite I think it's shoestring but I'd have to yeah the spoken word one yeah 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 it's just you know and I don't like the spoken word stuff on anybody's stuff like yellow wolf has spoken word things on all of his albums are a couple of his albums usually it's an intro or something yeah like I I think on uh I think on um uh, the car fire one. I'm blanking out right now. Yeah, it's the intro. It's the intro. Well, the the intro. Yeah, he does a little bit with spoken one. Then there's like struggle Jennings. Struggle on like, another on like another, an interlude. Yeah, yeah. like on track yeah. five where he's just spoken yeah, yeah. word. I just, yep. I, look, yeah, man, I that's cool that. if you're on fucking, uh, you know, Def Jam comedy night and you're doing spoken word, whatever. Yeah, Def poetry I, jam. I don't, I don't yeah. care, dude. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't, like, I'm not a fan not my, of it either. Yeah. Um, but like, to be honest, like I said. Uh, there's several tracks on here I like a lot that and this is in heavy rotation and for me uh, the, the the thing I like about what I'm listening to right now is uh, I'm, 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 I'm bumping this and then I'm bumping BODR and yeah. it just kind of gives me a little bit of a different feel like sure. you know like I'm not just like rap because right? sometimes I get to a point where I'm like wrapped out yeah yeah you know and, and I and I need a break and that's kind of it, to be honest it's a big reason why I like Yellow Wolf so much is that it's a even though it is rap for the most part not this but like the majority of yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a different rap it's sure. it's it's 
like when I'm listening to Jelly Roll and Struggle Jennings, I almost said Snuggle, yeah. Struggle <laughs> Jennings and Yellow Wolf yeah, and like yeah. the South stuff, like it's a different than I'm Snoop and Dre and, you know, right, right. And Tech and Dizzy Wright and all those kind of guys and, you know. Right. And uh, apparently Spotify really wants me to like Logic because Logic is like constantly jumping up. Like every time like a, I'm done listening to something and it rolls into another song, yeah, it's yeah. always Logic, dude. Like Somebody you're listening to must be have a lot of followers who dig Logic because, yeah, he doesn't I come up I think Logic my... paid a bunch of money it's, to, have yeah, that, possible. to have him yeah. sh- pop up after stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's got to be a thing, I right? I haven't heard him. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, usually they tie it to, like, well, if you like Chris Webby, like, whenever I listen to something by Chris Webby, which has been a while, but when I was, it would always roll into a bunch of other white rappers who I'd never heard of. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, no, no, thank you. But usually it's somebody that's similar in that vein. Logic kind of has his own style. He's not really similar to very many people especially not yellow wolf or tech nine or anybody that you're you're bumping on a regular basis like logic is kind of his own thing but yeah man it's uh, so, so bill not gonna come back to it no nah. there's a couple th- like i like i said i do like it i'm into it uh one person i'm definitely uh wanting to get his review is mariposa mahler because we definitely listen to a lot of the same type of 80s type 90s rock yeah yeah uh, when we're on uh, road trips things like that so i did send that to him he was gonna listen to it over the weekend uh we'll get back to you about that um so there there you have it uh if you check it out let us know what you think Yes, it's uh, called you, Sometimes Why. Sometimes Why, Shooter Jennings and Yellow Wolf. Just search Yellow Wolf. It'll come it'll up. It'll pop up. Yeah, it's his uh, he, album. He put, he, Yellow Wolf, one one good thing about Yellow Wolf is he pushes this stuff. Yes, he does. Not hard to find. Promotion machine. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, the last uh, music thing we're going to talk about is uh, King Crooked and Joel Ortiz came out with an album. They did. They did. The Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse. They waited 10 years. Finally got frustrated uh, with not getting a Slaughterhouse reunion, not getting a new Slaughterhouse album. So Joel and Crooked aired out any feelings they had. They put it on wax. They put it on a record. Uh, and I, I really Is it still on wax now. Well, yeah, I'm buying vinyl. You okay? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd buy this. I one mean, on is, vinyl. It, is it? I mean, is it made is vinyl from wax? wax? I don't know. That's just what they've always called it. Drop I'm the just needle on the wax. I'm not people sure. want to know. That's a great question. Um, so yeah, man. So there was a bunch of drama. Googling on wax. So basically, the cool thing about Slaughterhouse, Slaughterhouse was just so different because they were a group created out of fandom. Like Joel, Crooked, Royce, and Joe Budden is Slaughterhouse. So Joel Ortiz, Royce the Five Nine. Crooked Eye and Joe Budden are Slaughterhouse. These guys didn't come up together. They were never on the same label. They didn't grow up together. They weren't friends. This was not a planned group. They all happened to jump on a song on Joe Budden's mixtape and the fans went bananas for it and loved it and demanded an album. There was so much demand, so much fire that spread online for this that they created this group, Slaughterhouse, out of pure respect for the fans so they dropped shit independently then got signed to shady records dropped one album regardless of what you think of that album it was on shady records and it was a number one album it was number one on the hip-hop charts uh and then didn't finish ended up leaving shady made no more music uh and now here we are almost 10 years later since uh the last slaughterhouse album and uh, Joel and Crooked Eye finally just got frustrated. Apparently, they've been reaching out to Joe Budden. They've been reaching out to Royce. Actually, Crooked Eye says that he had a six-figure deal on the table from a label to uh, to make another Slaughterhouse record, to bring Slaughterhouse back together and make an album. And uh, he said he got crickets. Joe Budden is retired. Royce is stating he wouldn't do a three-man without Joe. And when he put this deal on the table... He got no response. So out of frustration, Joel and Crook have branded together. And they the Slaughterhouse logo is a pig. And they've got the pig on fire. The pig is like literally being roasted. And this album is called The Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse. And it's Joel and Crook just doing what they do best, man. Spitting bars, going hard. But at the same time, airing out their feelings in a way they know how. Crook and I was like, look, I'm not going to go on Clubhouse. I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to go on Instagram Live and have arguments and talks and discussions. I'm a rapper. 
I'm going to tell you how I feel on a record. And you either fuck with it or you don't fuck with it. And I dig the record, man. I, I've, I've listened to it. There's a couple tracks I could live without. But for the most part, this is a solid record from front to back. I love the honesty. It's their story. It's their truth. And I like hip-hop that when people bear their souls and really put it out there and are honest. You know, there's all kinds of great bars where people are like, I'm the greatest rapper in the world. I got the most money. You can't fuck with me. And that's fun to listen to, too. But when there's an album with something real, there's real pain there. There's real drama. There's real broken friendships and hurt feelings. And it comes out in the record very well and it's well done and i thoroughly enjoyed it i've been listening to it quite a bit i listened to it on the way here after i listened to sometime why i slipped right on over to the rise and fall of slaughterhouse and uh yeah I, it sucks man because i'd really love for them to kiss and make up and and make another slaughterhouse record because those four guys together my god hip-hop voltron man i mean those four mcs are insane but it's not looking good not looking like that's going to happen anytime soon hell it's been nine years and we didn't get it so after this album drops, I really don't think we're going to get it because they were very honest. Not insulting. I didn't feel there's a lot of insults happening. Just honest, brutally honest uh, and truthful in their truth. Uh, but it's a great record. The Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse, Joel Ortiz and Crooked Eye. If you haven't checked it out, I really like it. And I think it's worth looking into. It's just a bummer that, you know, there's a lot of drama involved and friendships have ended. And, that kind of that side of it sucks, but we got a great record out of it. So, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, dude? I don't know. So two things. A. Uh -huh. Yeah. On wax, on a phonograph record, uh -huh. wax is a reference to the long obsolete practice of making recordings on wax cylinders. Oh, got you. Okay. And the other thing? You said two things. Um... Uh, this record is this album is par for the course for me like king crooked is like one of the most talented lyricists mm -hmm. in the world agreed yeah but it just is not stuff i go back to got you got like you. it's just yeah. you know what i mean like it's just like He's like, there was a, like, what was that? Remember he was like putting out a yeah, like, mix, mixtape, mixtape weekly, weekly whatever. whatever. And I had them all on a list because they would they pop up and they're fun to listen to and they're great in the gym. Um, and so, but then like at a certain point, like we talked about classics, right? They just slide to the end. Sure. Out with yeah, the yeah. old and with the new, like that kind of stuff. And that sucks because he's extremely talented. Yeah. And I think that King Crook or Crooked would be, is a perfect example of, if we got something from him every four years, yeah, we'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. But he floods yeah. so much and he probably falls into that locksmith. I need to stay relevant. I need to get paid. Yeah. I need to get, yeah. you know what I mean? To the point where like, it's just so much. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gets lost in the, in the... I know he was working with Dre. He's chilled. Like, we haven't gotten like a mixtape or anything like that in a while. He has slowed down until this, until this project. Um, and I know that he was in the studio because they leaked his the Dre verse where Dre was talking about I see you when I'm in ICU and his ex-wife trying to plot on him while he was in the ICU. You know, Crooked is definitely making moves in the studio to like really work on an album album. But you're absolutely right. He was hitting us over the head with like a mixtape every week or songs and tracks. But uh, that being said, yeah, I, I don't I, I can't say that this rise and fall of slaughterhouse is a classic that only time will tell like we discussed a few moments ago i'm enjoying it right now three weeks from now will i be uh, who knows right. I, I don't know but i, I listened to it uh i listened to it twice maybe three times uh it's uh the first four songs are extremely slow yes very hard for me to get into yeah. i almost you get, stopped you get to fuck glass house and the album takes off yeah yeah absolutely. like i was like yeah almost bored yeah with yeah. the beats and the the that could I, I just I just don't like crook on slow beats, dude. Like yeah. I want angry crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's the best crook to me. Yeah, yeah. And then Joel Ortiz, Joel is cool on the slower beats. Like when what was the uh, when he worked with the dude from Toronto? Was that him? Uh, the the album we reviewed. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Ah, I forget his name. Anyway, yeah. uh, so anyway, like, but then like you said, that does take off. You get a little more 
uh, yeah. upbeat little more yeah from fuck glass house on that album's incredible yeah, yeah. I, I love it from there on it but i do like uh the two singles uh backstage and note and is it vacancy i like those two songs but the other two in the first four i'm not a big fan of but um yeah from fuck glass house on which is track was it track five i think i that, think so the album yeah. goes like yeah. From, yeah from there on and they just released a uh a special edition version with two more songs and it's a solo crooked eye song and a solo joel song and they're both hard as hell. I, I like both of them. So, yeah, I definitely oh. recommend checking out uh, Rise and Fall. Are they Star pulling a Busta Rhymes? Are going to release 16 different versions I of think, the album? I think that's it. Busta <laughs> Rhymes. Yeah, that was insane. That There's five versions of that extinction level of it, too. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just whichever one you like, man. Just pick one. Hey, and- he, was ret- he, he was releasing different versions like they were Pokemon, dude. Yes, absolutely. He was like uh, Busta Rhymes Extinction Level Event 2 Emerald Edition. Yeah. Emerald? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all red, green. They all had different covered colors, <laughs> colored covers, and like four songs more than the last one, and a remix. It was insane, dude. Yeah, he 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 went hard on that, Busta. But Busta didn't give us an album for like ten years, so I think he just was making up for lost time. So, so there you have it. Let us know, yeah, if you think Bodr is a classic. Uh-huh. Do you need more time? Is it definitely not a classic? What is your uh, definition of a classic? What do we have to do to achieve all-time classic fame? We'd love to know. Uh, Sometimes Why, the Yellow Wolf Shooter Jennings Project, out now. Check it out. Bill, not that much of a fan. Savage, a fan. Slaughterhouse, Rise and Fall Slaughterhouse. Bill, big fan. Savage, not that much of a fan. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Mona Lisa was the album we were talking about from... uh... And not Boner Lisa. That's a total. Don't Google that at work. Joel Ortiz and Apollo Brown. Mm -hmm. We really liked that album. It was the slower beats. Apollo Brown's got the old school boom bap East Coast feeling beats. And that's a great album. That was one of the first album reviews we ever did. Hey, and that is a perfect example. Yeah. Right? That was on my 20, was it 19 or 2020? Yeah, yeah. Our top albums. Top album. Yeah. In my uh, top songs of 2020, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to that album in two years. Yeah. Year and a half. It's been not a that it's not amazing, no, but no, it's no. just out with the old and with the new. But you can see 11 songs, 36 minutes and two seconds long. So I think there's something to be said for not overstuffing an album. I think sometimes these people feel like you need 19 or 20 tracks. It's got to be an hour long. That album was great, man. 11 songs, a little <clears throat> over a half hour. And before we get out of here, I talked about this. I want to take one or two minutes just to kind of address this. And we talked about it, you and me, off the air. Yes. Uh, not that we're on the air. I don't know. We're on the air, just not live. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the the uh, the COVID-19 two-bomb, a.k.a. songs are only two minutes long now. Yes. And that has just been normalized. Yes. And I don't know if it's... Uh, like gas prices, I don't know if we're ever gonna go back to normal. Is this the new normal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Locksmith put out an album or I mean, a song. Yeah. And it's like two minutes and twelve seconds or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. It's great. I like the beats. I, I like the beat. I like his verse. I just I hate that. Like I feel like I'm just getting going and then it's over. Right. I yeah, get yeah. bugs the hell out of me. Like, you know, there's a way to maybe like. Wait a second. Let, let let's get 15, 20 seconds into the beat, then write the verse. Then maybe even if you're like yeah, because there's talk, two, there's two verses. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's no, no way. There's a way you can make that third three minutes. Yeah, write a hook or yeah, or make or an, a third verse. Say something or put in a clip. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. As a hook or something. I just yeah, God, yeah. I like I, I'm like I literally like I was like okay, man, I'm feeling this, and then like it it clipped over to another song, and I was like, was that? I thought I hit something. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, did I, yeah, did, no. I, did I hit forward? Nope. Two minutes, 12 seconds. And so many of the songs that are released now are two minutes. Yeah. It's because they feel they've just got to pump it out, man. It's like a manufacturing company. It's like a factory. They're just going to give us music after song after song. And sometimes, uh, yeah, I think the the length and the, the quality and the... Uh, yeah, the, the st- song structure goes to the wayside. He's like, tight beat. I'll throw a couple verses on and be done, right? Two verses with right. a tight beat, no hook. Just go for a verse, take a breather, drop another verse, and we're out. Peace, you know? like, And that's what you're getting on a lot of these songs. Like, yeah, man, I'd much prefer when artists used to go, you know, 
for an older quote, go back to the lab and put in work. You know, go in the lab, <laughs> sit there, get a pen and pad out, take some time and craft an album. And, and I realize that this person is on a different level than Locksmith. But when I sent you that, yeah, I was listening to DJ Quick. Yeah, yeah. And I was really paying attention to how a song was created, like right. his songs, right? Yes. Right? 15, 25 seconds in before we start. Yes. A verse. Yeah. A hook, whether yeah. it's singing or something, or it's scratching, anything. Yeah. Just and it was a three minute and twenty seven second song. Yeah. And the difference between three twenty seven and two twelve. Yeah. Is like I know it's a minute and fourteen seconds or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like it just feels like an eternity when I'm yeah. like feeling a song. Yeah, and you're talking about DJ Quick. You're talking right. about a some producer. Producer, someone who knows how to craft and build a song, a master craftsman to the art of music, the art of creating a hit record, putting together a song, mixing, mastering, making sure every detail is exquisite before he puts that material out into the world. And, and here's the here's the beauty of a guy like DJ Quick. Yeah, he's never given us song after song. Like, I don't even know the last time we got a Quick album. Like, it's been forever. Like He's not rushing shit. The beauty of a guy like Quick to me on the opposite side of the three minute and 37 second song. Right. Is he'll make a track with like six artists on it. Yeah. And it's five and a half, almost six minutes. And it doesn't feel like it. Right. Yeah. 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 You'll look down and it'll be like five thirty-six, And you'll be like, holy shit. But you had sugar free. You had DJ yeah. quick. You had second to none. You had the usual suspects. Play a ham. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the people, you know, and then you're like, Oh, didn't even realize it was six minutes. Cause I was feeling it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's the music show. Yes. The music show. Hey. Hey. All right. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully you're getting this on wax. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Drop it on wax, baby. You know what I mean? Because you're probably at home making things on wax cylinders. Putting it on wax. It's the new style. Four and three and two and one. What up? And when I'm on the microphone, the suckers run. Because I'm down with Ad Rock and my DNU ain't. And I got more juice than Picasso got paint. Yeah, man. Classic shit. There's a classic. Um, anyway, you ready for me to get us on up out of here? Uh, sir, I would like you to exit uh, exit us out of the building. Exit stage left. <laughs> In the immortal words of my man, George Clinton, anything good is nasty. But it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the 2 Oh. Die. Mm, dry.